what brought you to press play is the intuitive knowing that you represent the new leader. The universe has directed you toward the entrepreneurial journey, not just to create a business and life you love, but something much more. There's depth to what you're seeking. Moving from an employee mindset to a business mindset, I have a hunch you've actually already moved through that issue. You're not operating from a place of lack right now. Now there's a magnetic force asking you to see something greater. You're a spiritual entrepreneur that needs to play a bigger game than just selling a product and making money. You're here because you are ready to build holistic wealth. Financial wealth is the easy part, but you are here to unlock relational wealth, a community to support you on your journey, physical wealth, vitality to play this magical game of life as long as you can, spiritual wealth, growth and an upward spiral of personal evolution, and service wealth, getting the greatest and most sustainable results for those you serve. Together, we're going to reimagine leadership, diversifying its image, and show generations to come that the golden age of abundant leadership has begun. I'm your leadership and life coach, Michelle Micah, and the host of the New Leader Podcast. Hello, hello, and happy Wednesday. <laughs> yes, it's Wednesday. Oh man, this is the final episode of this season of the new leader series here on IG Live. And I'm thrilled to be able to bring on this final guest. She is a beautiful kind of finale, I think, to this beautiful arc that we've created on the new leader series. And I feel so incredibly grateful to have had you on this journey with this new passion project that I have. Before I actually invite Rosalind on, I just wanted to share one really powerful message that I have for each of you. If you're an individual that is really getting to the next level of your life and career, something that we really need to let go of is this idea that we have to do it alone. This glorified idea of being like a solopreneur and like going fast, you know, on your own isn't actually serving us anymore. I think the biggest lesson that we all really need to open our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our spiritual body, all of us, all of it too, is to really deepen our connection to inviting people into our world so we can rise up and upgrade together. Something that I have been really speaking into this to existence and has been a powerful mantra for myself is if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go together and so I really want you to all be having that really held closely to your heart as you listen to this really beautiful conversation that I'm going to have with Roslyn now I'm gonna read off I'm not like this really awesome host yet that can just be so fluid. I need to read some things and have a couple notes <laughs> on. So I'm going to read Rosalind's bio and then I'm going to bring her on. So Rosalind Fung is an intuitive mindset and visionary business coach specializing in client attraction and soulful 
sales. Mm. She is also a facilitator and trainer of a flourishing life coaching certification program, an international speaker, and two times best-selling author, mastermind, and workshop facilitator on topics of self-love, mastering your energy, all the fucking good stuff, you know? Money, mindset, and attraction, marketing through speaking, and leveraging social media. Roslyn is a host and catalyst of her live radio show turned podcast, Activate Your Soulgasm Business, and her podcast actually ranks in the top 10% most popular globally. She is a co-author of the international best-selling books, What's Self-Love Got to Do With It? and Business, Life, and Universe. And Rosalind has been featured in the Huffington Post, CBC Radio, and has spoken for Fearless Wim the Fearless Women Summit, This Woman Means Business, and Harvard U and Harvard University. Ooh, that is a mouthful. She has such a large acumen. She is just killing it in her career and her business and has been serving individuals on a really powerful scale. And I truly believe from just witnessing her, she does it in a way that makes you feel so viscerally connected to your purpose every step of the way. So I feel honestly really proud. So let's bring Rosalind on. Hi, Ros! Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so happy to have you. Hi, Anita. She's one of my BFFs. So yeah. Hi, Crystal. Beautiful. So thanks for being here. I want to dive right into it. We were talking before because we did a little meeting right before a few weeks ago before we did this. And something that we talked about is like this goes so fast. So I think both of you and I are both in this place to really dig in quickly on all the good stuff. But before we do, before we do, I would love for you to articulate your origin story. How did you become this confident mm -hmm beautiful, thriving human that you are today. Uh, thank you, love. Well, always a student of life first and still am. <laughs> so I'm just going to yeah. that. Um, and, you know, my story really was I'm a first Chinese uh, Canadian and my parents are from Hong Kong. People are always like, they never guess what my ethnicity is because I don't look full Chinese. But uh, that is what I am. And growing up, Yes, we got you. We got you back. <laughs> Telemarketer. Um, be, coming from a Chinese background and having immigrant parents, trying to um, immerse us into the world of Canadian culture um, and instilling Chinese traditions, because that's what they know, mm -hmm. it was um, a very interesting, and I want to say like, amazing upbringing. I'm very blessed. My parents wanted the best for us. And having said that, having high standards for, because as you know, in Asian culture, it's like performance, achievements, uh, get the high status jobs, yeah. right? And all of that. So I got caught up in the the cycle of needing to be the best, um, you know, this competitive edge um, and never feeling you know, on the outside, I, I really 
looks confidence and I was because confidence is different than self-worth so confidence is about your belief in yourself to do something and to do it really well and I was really confident in many of the things that I participated in in life but deep down inside I always had this sense of not enough and I know that um, as the audience is watching many of you can relate and sure my love my son just told me he needs to go outside so <laughs> love you. Uh, my wife and so so it's just like not feeling enough like or you hit the achievement can anyone relate with this and then it's just like okay what's next you know do better do better next time I, I get like 98% what happened to the other 2% and the inner critic just becomes so loud and that really formulated me into becoming a perfectionist mm. and of course with perfectionism it's all about controlling your environment yeah. and for me that morphed also into um, going into bodybuilding believing that and not for all the all, for all the wrong reasons right thinking I, if I have this perfect body then I've made it yeah and <laughs> that was back in 2008 um, so uh, yeah. no one else looked really confident in everything that I did but on the inside again the cycle of binge eating restrictive mm -hmm. uh, and then and then feeling guilty and beating myself up uh, and I would purge by over exercising totally yeah and yeah, so, so I just want to echo a couple of things and I'll let you finish your origin story but there's some really powerful components that I think like you mentioned a lot of people can relate to and I think as women of color and if we're gonna go even deeper into Asian women all of those stereotypes are so prevalent within our culture and it impacts all of us as a collective I want people I think there's a large part of me that felt like I wanted to ignore that part of the story like I almost didn't want to be that Asian mm -hmm. stereotype but but that is very common for us. That good student complex is with us for a very long time. We need yeah. to do that for our family. We need to do really well, constantly looking almost future pacing to what our next achievement may be. And it causes this fragmentation to almost exile aspects of us that are not enough. Meaning we live this bifurcated life. Part of us wants to nurture other aspects that are a little bit more messy, that are more creative, that are more expansive. But instead, we have to be so deeply in this rigid expectation of what our family needs mm -hmm. us to be mm -hmm. because that's top priority. We need to excel, 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 right? And that is very heavy to hold. And I want everybody that might resonate with living that bifurcated life of, inside I'm this way and externally I feel like I'm a completely different person. We need to end those cycles and actually have this reemergence because all of us need to be in a space where we finally can be the person that we are destined to be. So I don't care if you're a person of color or not, we all have felt this in some way. Absolutely. So, so beautifully well put together. Michelle. Yeah, I really want that to land with people because what you're saying is so, so important for people to see and to have that be reflected within in themselves. So con to continue forward, you said that you got into bodybuilding and now maybe some of those pieces of perfectionism were still in there and you were able to achieve again. But did you feel what what did that next aspect or that next chapter of your well, life look that like? That was just yeah. a profound 
moment. It was in June 2008 when I competed in figure body. And I came in last place that day. Um, and that was so devastating. It was so devastating because, and I was about 25 at that point in time. So, you know, I was a therapist and I just started practice and I was a second degree black belt in karate and a role model adults. And I was, and still am happily married to my husband yeah. at that point in time. And what was really, uh, devastating was that I wasn't very woke at that point. So realizing like this led me to spiral into shame on an even deeper level. And of course a breakdown means breakthrough. So at the time I was led to learn as a therapist about this approach called Haikomi. And I use it to this day because it has been one of the most profound uh, methods to really help me have deep breakthroughs on a cellular somatic level. And what it means is how do I stand in relationship with myself and how do I stand in relationship with others? And it's about studying not through the head, but through the subconscious and that's through our body and yes. moving right into the cellular. And what I discovered, cause when you're learning something, you cannot not work on your own stuff. Yeah, uh, so true. Consciously <laughs> operating from this belief that I am valued in my doingness rather than my beingness and my doingness was never enough so no wonder i was this perfectionist this overachiever and this hardcore type a personality now i'm still a type a personality but i <laughs> understand the importance of sacred yeah. and yeah. so that was where i started to come home to myself i embraced perfectly imperfects and i really learned the art of slowing down and of course, then that led me to heal with my relationship with me. I got certified in eating psychology and I became the go-to psychologist in food and body image for disordered eating. So that means not eating disorders where you are clinically yeah. diagnosed, but everyone else, most of us women, we all have shit around our bodies. In fact, it's still the number one thing that that uh, women are not yeah. satisfied with is their yeah. own body image. And so that led to me becoming the first psychologist in my province to create an online program. And those of you who are registered and understand this, it is very strict to be a psychologist, particularly in uh, Canada and different provinces. So yeah. mine was the province of Alberta, very strict. Mm -hmm. and out legally and ethically and made it happen and then as this happened more doors opened I become a little bit more spiritual at this point in time this was back yeah. in 2016 and uh, really when I look back to it spirit was really just guiding me and opening doors I got my first international speaking gig I um, got a magazine cover for Diet. I was not photoshopped and I wrote a four page article on how to flex your self love muscle. Amazing. It was so huge. And at this time I had just, it was within the year of giving birth to my second son. So, you know, I had like this post pregnancy body and I fully celebrated it and my shape and my size and women were writing me and saying, Oh my gosh, 
I hate my body and I looked at yours and looks like yours. You look great. And I read your article, like, can I work with you? And that would have been, that was amazing. But what was really frustrating was because of my license, a lot of these people I couldn't work with because, um, they weren't from the province that I worked on. So it got me really thinking, how can I make deeper impacts here? Yeah. And you know, fast forward, I'm obsessed with personal spiritual work. Um, since then, it's really, op I've opened up my intuition. I've got certified in like three different healing yeah. modalities um, and including Akashic. Uh, so now um, I've been, I started my self-love coaching business uh, about five years ago, yeah. which also was a lot of red tape because as a psychologist, starting a separate business that has a lot of overlap in terms of um like knowledge and space yeah. is especially in the states is a lot more flexible but in yes Canada, yeah mm, so about you know and then eventually i which was the scariest piece i let go of my license but that meant i had to um not let my inner critic drive the bus uh which was um, you make really good money as a psychologist in private practice. You are a known psychologist for your niche. Are you really going to start again? You've got a young family. What have you? Uh, I also had to fight my ego, which, okay, this actually was something that came up and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I used to think like this, but it was like, are you going to demote yourself? Yes. Just a coach, you know, it's just all freaking titles now. But like back then, it was so real because I didn't realize how much of my own identity was so wrapped up as a psychologist, yes. as if this is a be all end all, right? <laughs> yes, there's so, so, so much here. I feel like there's a constant death and rebirth, death and rebirth. And what I really respect and admire about you is this you have that almost like a sacred grit and resilience that really brought you through because genuinely like you had a foot in both doors and really experienced the whole gamut when it comes to the human experience you had to deal with so much just kind of like going on that traditional path having those even deeper traditions that are infiltrated within your life with your culture had to carry all of that had to navigate it and then all of a sudden you had this really beautiful turning point when you started to look at yourself and i think some of the big points that I really want to land with people is if you're unsure about where to begin your spiritual path, I think the body is a really beautiful way to start. So I'm so glad you highlighted that because when you're able to respect this physical vessel in a really big way, all of a sudden you're learning so much more than what it means to be a healthy person. You start to really understand your own functionality, why you need to respect yourself. It's like your body is a physical manifestation manifestation and version of the inner soul journey that you actually need to have. So once you actually create these disciplines around that, understanding that beautiful journey on how you can progress, you start to become comfortable in your body. Now all of a sudden you can venture off into larger aspects of your life that are not tangible, like the self-worth aspect, like perceiving yourself in a new way, like the spiritual path. So thank you for highlighting that for people. And the thing about being a spiritual seeker is yes, I think 
old practices really show like that individual male arch archetype that's the seeker that's the philosopher that is trying to you know put themselves through pain in order to gain more wisdom i love that story and we're also living in 2022 so those spiritual seeking journeys look different and the reason why i mention that is because now what we get to do is to invite more people into that journey because of the invention of the internet because we're just seeking for more connection community is like a huge oh. topic that I need people to start like really subscribing to. So with that being said. No, because if people were just to go on my Facebook account right now, yes. um, you'll yeah. see much right now community because it's such a huge value of mine. This is totally why we connected, right? Yeah. Like I'm binging on all my relationships right now. That's my priority. Yes, babe. Yeah. <laughs> Lights me up. It gives me joygasms and soulgasms. It's like, and this is what allows us to feel even more fulfilled in our in our life and in our businesses when we're really being we're like giving ourselves that full on love and and really living in our values and and like acting in them right you're filling your own cup up but at the same time when it comes to community you're absolutely like in that energetic exchange yes of this beautiful energy that's shared amongst you and other people. Yeah, it's really beautiful because you almost, especially in sisterhood, and we're going to get to that, yeah. women are having a really powerful, bold, I'm going to use your word, your brand, bold, sexy, right, time where we're having this renaissance of ownership of our physical vessel, of who we are, of how we connect to one another. We, I believe, I, there's definitely competition with, with, within women's, groups and all of that but i really believe we're moving beyond that now like we really are seeing women supporting women and how powerful we get to be together yeah so what i want to ask because i think this is on a lot of people's minds is how has friendship collaboration just getting support from other women actually served you mm -hmm. and how did you get there because i think we have a lot of wounding when it comes to sisterhood yeah. And women well, so if you could speak to that i would yeah and well there's always clarity in the contrast and in your experiences i will definitely say i have had my fair share of um sister wound experiences and mm -hmm. <laughs> particularly collaborating with um other women entrepreneurs in the past and what my takeaway is this is why i'm so obsessed with personal and spiritual work because when you are not um when you're not in right relationship with yourself you know you're you it, what happens is we project our shit onto other people and so that was what happened um and i'm not gonna say to me because victim for me yeah and, uh partnerships was you know as i continue to do my work you know but projection was just like really um, we'll say vomited on me and it just right. did so good but they're also beautiful teachers too so um being able to have a be a like okay like what's because it's always a co-creation what's my part in this what's their part in it and just unpack it to ensure that how can i navigate this while being really in my own integrity 
and not shaming them as a, and, and really like being able to have them see their own self. Yeah. We don't have control over that, but what feels good for me is to learn, you know, like this really isn't about me, but I can take some lessons for me here too. Totally. Yeah, I think that's the hardest piece. And I have two kind of sides of the spectrum just to get a little bit more granular so we can give people like a specific yeah. example. There was a part of me in the beginning, and I'm gonna say it, I was a bitch. Like I was mean, <laughs> like I was angry. I was one of those women that were like, you're gonna do this for me and I'm gonna take from you and I'm transactional. Like this was me in my like, early 20s. Like I had this toxic rage, but at the same time, if we were to look at it at a different perspective, like I was just really deeply in my power and I didn't give a fuck, but yeah. I hurt a lot of people along the way. And because yeah. of that, I then pendulum swing to another aspect where I wanted to overcompensate with women and be really, really nice. And what did that cause? It caused me to be more kind and understanding of other individuals. But what would I, I would do in a toxic way is I would self-abandon. I was being over attuned to what the other person needed because I felt so riddled with guilt about everybody that hurt, I hurt from the past rather than saying, what is it? What is it that I want? What is, who am I right now? What does it mean to be in my feminine energy and come from that place? So I can naturally attract individuals that vibrationally match to that. I was, again, like you were saying, doing certain things, trying to prove that I was a nice person or prove that I was dominant and confident instead of being that, right? So I want people to start self-examining, I think just a little bit about how can I take full ownership and accountability of how I'm playing a part in this so they yeah. can actually naturally attract other yeah. people because of the shift in identity versus the shift in the behavior. Absolutely. So, yeah. I love that because I feel like all of, and I, you're just saying it in such a, a way that just allows us to see our own parts in this. I definitely have not always been in this, let's create a win-win situation. I mean, that totally. is, personal development work. In fact, I used to be seen as uh, a taker and a victim that life is happening to me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Oh my God, people see me as a taker and, and the ego again, because I was so wrapped up in this title psychologist mm. that and other people like I know better. I know more. Sure. You know? And like, when I look back, I had like no freaking self-awareness. That was like a blind spot to me. And so I was, thank God, not in collaborations back then. I'm sure that I would have been that person. <laughs> yeah. Can I but, ask too? Because I think two big things that come up a lot in just like traditionally, I guess, in women's relationships is like envy and jealousy, which I am so guilty of. And I still feel that sometimes. Mm. So what would you suggest for women to do around self-development and self-work to kind of get beyond envy and jealousy and those types of things. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I'll start by saying envy and jealousy, like it really, mm, jealousy is the big piece, right? It's like, usually jealousy happens. And there's not a, like, this is not a judgment. There is no, I always just say, like, let's look at things neutrally. Let's look at things with self-compassion and let's not judge ourselves. So jealousy is a very normal emotion. Yes, thank you for that usually it's just a mirror back to go what am i lacking that 
is making me feel jealous about this person because I see they're a mirror for you, right? And so you're seeing something in that person that you also know. Oh, my Mr. Lowell is here. Oh, is this Lowell? I want to hang out with us. <laughs> you're my very cute. Mom life. Hi, this, this is what's possible, people. You can be a lovely mom and do your thing. <laughs> Evie Bear. Like, this is, I love you guys. <laughs> this is such a moment. Oh, love Vortex, love Vortex. <laughs> so, jealousy is about, like, well, we look at everything as a mirror. So, from a place of accountability, it's recognizing in relationship, for whatever reason, this person evokes these feelings from me. It's actually not a unless yeah. outright they've said something rude to you, not mean, or they're bullying you, then that's they have pain and it's being projected onto you. Um, if we're jealous, so if we're jealous of somebody, it's usually, and I'll speak from, um, it's very interesting because I've had clients who hire me and then they'll tell me I used to not like you and I'm like mm. and they'll tell me like a time you know when I didn't know them personally and and you, they're a trigger for them yeah that because they are they now recognize within themselves that when they were seeing me or hearing me speak that I was saying some things that were true but they weren't ready to hear totally or uh i'm very bold of course i'm bold sexy warrior i'm also very much embraced in my sexual energy and sexual power and of course because many of us unfortunately especially as women have been sexually traumatized mm -hmm. you know up some things and that will uh without the awareness if that awareness isn't there that projects into triggers so i had one client uh yeah. who, she because she takes radical responsibility she actually she knew she was so triggered by me because i'm so comfortable in my sexual life force yeah. and she hired me right away because she yeah. knew Roz has something that yeah. i here and um and it was business coaching but i'm not your typical business coach so <laughs> yes babe yeah it's really like so I think you're back coming back to your question, Michelle, how do we heal that part is to go back into relationship with ourselves and ask yourself, what is it about this person that is evoking feelings of whatever it may be, envy, jealousy, anger, whatever that may be. And not in a blame yourself way, not in a blame themselves. That's not going to, that's not going to be supportive, but in a says. What is this really about? It's it's bringing some stuff up for me, and it's usually related to childhood wounding, um, and so looking at that would be really helpful, so that you can neutralize this, so that see this person now, you're able to see it so them so differently because you've healed, you've put more love into yourself. I love that. I, there's a couple pieces here. So one, come from a place of neutrality and self-compassion. Two, understanding that everything is a mirror for us and ultimately an invitation for us to like let go and grow out of these things that are no longer really serving us. And anytime I 
I feel like this in my own experience and with my clients too, is when you are triggered, it's likely because you've actually created the space for it to finally purge through. Because real shadow for people is things that are not conscious. So we're mm -hmm. acting in these certain ways, we're not getting the results we want, but it's because we have, are unconsciously running these systems and beliefs that are attracting unwanted experiences, relations, et cetera. But once you are triggered and you're consciously aware like, ooh, that's like jealousy or, oh, that's envy. It's like the last and final piece because it's already within your consciousness to finally let go. So you're much further, which is empowering, I hope people know, you're much further in your healing than you really think. Mm -hmm. And those moments of envy and jealousy, like you were mentioning, I want to echo, it really is just this place of like, this is actually what I want. Like mm -hmm. whatever they have is something that I want and it's in your orbit now because if you're seeing it then you're actually attracting it at some level yeah yeah exactly okay so now we want to get a little bit into leadership now we kind of are understanding the importance of community if there's wounds come up we also know like how to start to look at the pieces to alchemize that stuff mm. now we want to understand okay we're supported now we see the power in community how do we then start to really step into our leadership? What advice would you give people that say, oh, I wanna take more of a leadership role or speak my truth? What would you say to those people? I love this. Okay, so again, I'll always just go back to first, it's about relationship with yourself, leading yeah. yourself, and having the energetic capacity to hold your vision and expand it. And really being able to then courageously because it means you're moving into a global version yourself step out there and claim your spot in your industry right like Oof. i know so many people including myself it does come up i mean you need to teach every time you level up that sense of imposter syndrome can come up that fraud like my to do this other people are experts not me and there's a real fear around being seen and heard and often it's because somewhere back then it was not safe to be seen and heard uh, we were shamed for doing that for being ourselves for speaking up we were shut down mm -hmm. uh, and all these traumatic experiences will impact us mm -hmm. so this is again going into the relationship with yourself and also knowing that you have gifts in your energetic frequency in how you show up how you deliver that your audience your ideal soulmate clients need to hear it from yeah because here's the thing you there are there can be so many people saying the same thing because i mean this conversation isn't good what i'm saying is probably not new and how I deliver it with my own um, energetic frequency, yes. my experiences, uh, is going to be very different than someone else who message. We're not for everybody. I think that's other to realize. Like, it's okay to polarize. It's okay to not have everybody like you. Mm -hmm. Where is not to have people like us. Our purpose yeah. is to show up as who we authentically are boldly and unapologetically and really when we do that we start to inspire others 
to do be and do the same it's yes own. and that's what leadership is you you have your own um you're, you you got your own perspectives you you have your you're convicted in it your beliefs and you're here to change the world through this and through being able to help them yeah i think that's beautiful because when you source it and understand yes yeah. it can be scary when we're just focusing on ourselves we get that and those are so natural like human inclinations to feel those things and have to get through that but also when you realize hold on there are other people out there waiting for me to finally own who I am. Then all of a sudden you start to rise up in your vibration and start to say, hold on, like I have a purpose here. I have value here. I have, like you said, specific gifts that I really need to start mastering and harnessing because there's somebody out there that needs to be impacted in a positive way by whatever those gifts and that messaging is. And why do I know that to be true? Because we all have been there where we might be those people for whoever's watching this right now and whoever's watching this has other individuals that are waiting for them, right? Exactly. That is the whole point of all of this with that beautiful interconnection, right? So it feels so much more empowering to be sourced from that space. Yes. So one really big thing too, because I have a lot of empaths, sensitive people in my audience, and really what I'm wanting people to do is step into like, again this strength this rage this resilience because once we're able to tap into that then those softer gifts can have more room for play so what i really want to ask you is how do you get to that place where you feel confident enough to own your gifts and to be bold fuck up a lot <laughs> yeah having i and i share this with my tribe is have an experimental attitude yeah. it's Love like because confidence only comes from taking courageous action self-worth is different than confidence self-worth is about uh, your your belief in yourself like who you are the value you see of yourself where confidence is about your ability to believe in yourself to do something and again do it really well eventually yeah. You know, I, I always use the example of uh, back then in my bodybuilding competitions, like I, you know, was confident in everything that I did in that point in my life, but my self-worth was very low. Now I have very high self-worth, but my confidence depends on the activity. Yeah. So my confidence to speak in front of a huge audience on the, my topics, yes, and my confidence to cut my son's hair no oh my god <laughs> right don't ask me but am i confident to learn under trained professional yes so um confidence only comes from taking action and so that's what i'm fucking up a lot <laughs> yeah i love that and and to be okay to lean forward into being perfectly imperfect it's only feedback and i yeah. know you here because recovering perfectionists that it's okay that you don't have to get everything right you don't have to get it right on the first time everything is and I will say this just like in marketing tests a trial and error right and so you're going to get feedback that's all it is is feedback yeah so I love that I think this is the safest it's ever been for yeah. us to take risks and we need to start perceiving the world in that way and I love what you said one about the distinction between bold and bold. 
Are we good there, babes? Sorry, my <laughs> lunchtime here. We're almost we're almost there too. Um, confidence. Everyone's okay. Hello. <laughs> I love that you made that distinction, but the last piece I really want to mention about that is this is the human experience. So we need to experiment. So that is all built into what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, final question. As you think of like younger version of Roslyn, mm. that individual with your family, having some expectations, but also having like intuitive gifts, if you can just imagine who that is, where she was when she was say five years old, and she starts expressing to you, like, I feel really afraid to step into leadership what would you tell her as a piece of advice knowing what you know now yeah i'm, I'm gonna just here because my kids are getting a little noisy okay. uh, <clears throat> the most important the most important thing in this world is to love yourself is to know that you are perfect as you are that spirit god universe created you for a specific purpose yes yeah and that a huge part of that purpose is to be joy mm -hmm. and when we're in joy that's contagious that's that. so contagious it allows you to kind of relinquish everything else and if that little version of me and I told her, I was like, you just got to focus on being happy and being joyful. I'd be like, fuck yes. I yeah. only have one mission and that's to be the light and to enjoy my <laughs> life. That would be the most empowering thing. So I want everybody today, whoever's listening to take that away, to think of your inner child and to give them one mission today. And that's just to be in their joy and their happiness yeah. and watch how that'll impact every other timeline in your life. Absolutely. So I wanted to thank you, Rosin. Last little piece is how can people connect with you and to work with yeah. you if they are really feeling the vibe and resonate with you? I love it. Thank you. Well, those of you who are coaches and healers and lightworkers, I'm actually running a masterclass called How to Boldly and Unapologetically Markets Your Coaching Biz and Attracts Full Body Yes Clients. So you can grab that. You can DM me masterclass. I'll send you the link or it's in my bio. Uh, Bold Sexy Warrior. You can also find me on Facebook, Rosalind Funk Coaching, Bold Sexy Warrior. Again, that's all in my links. Uh, and find my podcast, Activate Your Soulgasmic Business. We'll have to have you on there, Michelle. I would love that, yeah. On YouTube, Rosalind Funk, as well as on all the podcast platforms. So, uh, Amazing. yeah. Amazing. Please, everybody, connect with her just from watching her and experiencing having the privilege to have a couple conversations with Rosalind. She is the real deal. She has such a deep honesty and reverence for everybody that she comes across. She's lived through so much experience, has so much wisdom, but makes it so light and fun. So it's such a beautiful thing to be around. So please connect with her ASAP. And if you have any questions, like she mentioned, please DM her. Thank you all so much for being in this final <laughs> episode of this season. And remember this, you can be anything because you are everything. We'll see you later. Thanks. Bye, Roz. Thanks, everybody.